and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello, and welcome to a fully complete episode of TV My Husband Hates. How are you doing, Kat? I'm good. I'm really pleased that you're back. I'm really <laughs> pleased that you're back. Like last week was fine, but I haven't been able to bring myself to listen to the episode. Something It feels wrong listening to a whole 40 minutes of just yourself talking. Right. Um, I think you did a phenomenal job. I listened to it and you did great. Well, that's very kind of you. And um, the whole time I was like, but what happens if everybody's favorite is Reagan and then they just hate this whole episode <laughs> and they just spend the whole time wishing that you were back? No, so- see, I've got, uh, so I'm doing a solo one next week because Kat's going out of town and my fear is the exact same thing. Like, they just want to hear Kat. I'm going to, like, I'm really nervous about doing it next week. <gasps> oh my God, it's pushing, it's triggering all of our insecurities. Every Especially single last because- one. This is when Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is getting super exciting and I really wanted to talk about last week. So I was almost like, can we postpone our vacation? Can I just get the podcast done and us leave on like Saturday afternoon instead of Friday morning? But I'm sure that would have gone down like a shit sandwich. Yeah, he would not have been pleased. <laughs> well, I'm a bit gutted that I'm not going to be discussing Beverly Hills next week because Rome looks like it is going to kick off. I know. So that's what, like, I feel it like, it. you know, you did a great job. I hope I can stand up to like your solo episode and be as put together and oh, thank well you. informed sure. of all that. I'm I may sure need to, you will. I may need to reach out to our listeners and like have people give me their opinions because I think you're right. I think it's weird when you're talking about a show and you're just spouting like your own take on it. Well, yeah, know. because sometimes... Nine times out of 10, we always pretty much agree on something. But then sometimes we're like, what? Is that what you thought? Ah. So I was like the whole time going, oh my God, what if I've read this completely wrong? Like I've been on my period. The (laughs) hormones could have totally skewed every, you know, all of my perceptions. Everybody could be screaming at the podcast going, the fuck is this bitch talking about? Um, (laughs) I had nobody to bounce anything off. Obviously, my husband was like, I don't give a shit. Um, So I just had to wing it. But uh if anybody feels like I got anything completely wrong, then feel free to shove it up your app. No, I'm joking. Feel free to email <laughs> us at hey at TV my husband hates. And while we're on the old housekeeping bits and bobs, um, just please rate and review if you can. That would be wonderful. Yes, we got a couple new reviews this week and it made me super happy. So keep it up. I love to hear what you guys think of us. Yeah, I do too. And it really makes a difference to us. So um, if you can take a minute, then we would be very, very grateful. Um, But yes, this week, we've got four shows again. Um, Below Deck Med, Million Dollar Listing LA, those crazy bitches in Beverly Hills and the other crazy bitches in New York City. And there is quite a lot for us to discuss. There's some big chat this week. Big chat. But I feel like before we get started with Below Deck Med, we need to play a special message (gasps) That somebody got for their birthday. Well. Do you want me to... Pl- I f- have you got it there? Ready? Yeah. Oh, you're so yeah. much more organized than I. So let me show you a bit of context. So I yes. turned 39 last week. I know, I know, I don't look it. I look 49. Um, And Reagan 
finally, I have to say, the absence was noted. Finally sent... I'm joking, it wasn't. Finally sent me <laughs> a birthday card. And funnily enough, you WhatsApped it to me. And I didn't even look at it for a couple of hours because I was... I had the kids. So I was like, oh, I'll deal with that later. Yeah. And then when I did look at it, I did like a wee and an, <laughs> and, and, and an excited fart all at the same time. Like I have never... It was so unexpected and it was the best birthday present ever. But basically, Reagan did good. So this is what we've this is what she sent me. Okay. Oh. Um, I wanna say happy birthday. Hold on. Sorry, technical difficulties. Here we go. Hi, Kat. It's Malia from Below Deck Med. Um, I want to say happy birthday because I hear you just had a 39th birthday. So happy, happy birthday. Um, I hear that you and Reagan also do a podcast called TV My Husband Hates, which uh -huh. is awesome. <laughs> I'm sure Below Deck is on that list. Um, but I just want to say happy birthday and thank you for being such a huge fan of the show. Um, enough to even have a podcast. Um, I hope that you have an amazing celebration. Hopefully you're somewhere pretty cool and can, you know, celebrate it up. Um, but yeah, sorry if it's a little loud. I'm here in the bridge. <laughs> but yeah, happy, happy birthday. There you go. A personalized happy birthday message from Malia White for me from Below Deck Med. Taking it to the bridge for me. Taking it to the bridge. I have never been more excited. And also the weird <laughs> thing was when I finally got it, I was completely alone in the house. I was like, oh, I can't, oh. I just, I can't show anybody. But I'm just going to post <laughs> it all over social media, which I did. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. So um, for those of you who would like to do the same thing, if you go to Cameo, you can actually look up all your favorite Bravo liberties and request a, you know, kind of message to be sent out. The prices vary tremendously. Um, and then they take like five days to do it. So I played it very cool because I really wanted to tell Kat right away that this is what I did. But I was like, no, because <laughs> what if Malia can't get to it? And then it just like comes to nothing, <laughs> which should be really embarrassing. So anyways, it was it was a it was a five day wait. But Malia came through and do you happy know what birthday, as well? Kat. It couldn't have happened on a better day because I was supposed to be meeting like five or six of my best girlfriend mates in the park for drinks to celebrate my birthday because we still can't meet inside and pubs and bars are just not really that fun places to be at, even though they're open. It's just a bit weird. Um, but it's absolutely pissing it down with rain. So I had to oh. cancel it. So I was so gutted because that would have been the first time I would have seen my girlfriends during lockdown. And then for it to be cancelled was good. But then to get this message was just perfect timing. It's Yay. brilliant. Thank you so much. Anytime. Happy birthday, Kat. Thanks. Well, speaking of Below Deck Med, while we're here, shall we get on with the show this week? And poor Kiko is struggling. Oh. You know, I, whenever you get the vegan guests that have very tricky diets, you always see chefs really struggle to, like, make their food just as special as anybody else. And I feel like that just totally overshadowed everything for Kiko. He was so worried about making this vegan food that I feel he just got thrown off his game this week. Well, and I think it's a real speciality. And let's be honest. I mean, I know all the vegans are going to hate me, but... Just 
how good can vegan food really be? I mean, I've been to great vegan restaurants and it's great food, but it's still not as good as a filet mignon with some beautiful prawns on top. So no. I I feel like vegans have a responsibility to kind of accept that if they're going to walk onto a kind of environment like this and they are one person amongst many that aren't vegans that they have to sort of take a slight responsibility for the choice that they've made and recognize that perhaps it isn't going to be quite the same as it should and I know it's a yacht I know they're spending a thousand thousands and thousands of dollars on it but at the same time I just think I mean I'm vegetarian and I'm the other way I'm like oh no don't worry about it's fine like I just if you've forgotten about me, I'll just have a sandwich. Like, please, it's fine. And I just wish more vegans were like that. Well, and I feel like you bring up a good point because if the whole charter had been vegan, I don't think we would have seen the struggles. I think we would have seen him really try to put a whole big menu together and make it super special and do all these stuff. But I think you're right. When it's one or two people out of the entire charter, it it makes it you know, pretty difficult. And there's only one chef. So it's it's cooking two completely different meals concurrently. That being said, let's assume that he should have nailed it and he should have got it done. Yeah. Um, I don't think Sandy's helping. Like her micromanagement and the way that she just sits on top of him, I don't think helps anybody. And I think it makes Kiko especially really not play to the best of his potential. No, I think it really freaked him the fuck out to have her standing there in the kitchen, just kind of watching everything he was doing. Like, he couldn't get into a rhythm. I felt so bad for him. Um, Yeah, the micromanaging was not good. No, and it's kind of the one downside. That's Sandy's weakness. I feel like Captain Lee's a little bit too far the other way. He's always famous for saying, I don't babysit. But Sandy's too much on the micromanagement. And I feel like if we could just get something in the middle, then they'd get the best out of them. But she's certainly undermining Kiko in terms of his potential by doing what she's doing. And I really hope that she takes a step back. Because we've because also she gives him so much grief and threatens to fire him. But he hasn't dropped a ball once. I mean, okay, there's been some timing issues, but the food has always been exceptional. He's never had any complaints about the food in the rest of the season. So I feel like she's given him an unreasonably hard time. Well, and he's not even been a dick to anybody either. Like, he's <laughs> kept it cool. He's kept it light. I mean, we've definitely seen bigger dickhead chefs in past seasons. And I mean, I feel like she came down way harder on him than she even did to the Russian lady last season, who was like giving the grossest looking nachos I've ever seen in my life to people. I I agree. And I don't know why it is. I mean, I know that she puts a lot of emphasis on the food and obviously it is a key part of the charter. Yeah. But I feel like everybody else is given a little bit of room to not have their best day. But Kiko, when he's under really serious pressure and still 90% delivers, he still gets it in the neck from her. Do you think she kind of reacted that way because he had handled the last charter so well? Like with that six course tasting menu, he really churned out all those 72 plates. Like, do you think maybe her expectations were set high because of the last charter and then because this one went so the opposite, maybe that was like a shock factor? I think that's definitely it. But I also think that you have to, as a captain, recognize who you've got on board. And yes, the priority is the guests are making sure they're happy. And if they're saying we're not happy, then as far as they're concerned, Sandy has to be seen to be doing something. But I feel like she could have gone back to Kiko and gone, look, 
I recognize this is a difficult charter. The vegan is tricky. Even having a ve- having a, a nice vegan around is tricky, but having a tricky vegan around is really uncomfortable yeah. for everybody. And he was kind of a dick. Yeah, I felt like it was. didn't really matter what came out. He was never going to be happy about it. Um, no. Unless he was going to present a vegan steak, like he was going to be pissed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I just feel like she's missing that step, but I don't know. I, I know that he's great. And I think you're never going to get everything with a chef. You're never going to get a great temperament, the perfect food, great timing and organization. Like with Kiko, you've got great food, great temperament. He's a little bit disorganized. Yeah. No, you know? I'd agree with that. He definitely needs to work on it, but I hope he sticks around for the rest of the season. I really enjoy watching him. I think his food looks fantastic predominantly and his attitude is just so refreshing me too and for fuck's sake if pete's allowed to stay then kiko cannot get fired well and my point is she's not even coming down on hannah that badly for this charter and hannah was pretty mia for the entirety of the charter and she didn't come down on her as hard which in my opinion is actually more important Hannah was away with the fairies this this and the the interior is really suffering because of it because like Sandy says she's just not leading and I feel like and I said this in the uh, last week's episode like the own she's she's so insecure with Bugsy around and she's waiting for Bugsy to show her up but the only person who can show Hannah up is Hannah and she's doing it herself yeah like it's almost paralyzed her so now she's being really shit so Bugsy is going to have to take over at some point. And Bugsy, listen, I like Bugsy, but she's not here to be second stew. Like I genuinely think if she yeah. can get, it's it's on her mind to try and get to chief stew. I think that's what she wants to do. And right now I wouldn't blame Sandy if she made her chief stew. Not at all. I mean, I think it's totally unforgivable to leave the guest for 45 minutes at the breakfast table and never check in on them. I mean, I've worked service before and that is, I can't even imagine how that would happen. Like you, all you're waiting for when you get up in the morning is for guests to arrive. Like that's it. So I don't yeah. understand how they dropped that ball. And then no. when Hannah's called out on it, her immediate response is, oh, Jess was supposed to radio me. No, it is not Jess's responsibility. She's the no. stew. You are chief stew and it is the buck stops with you. Start just fucking Man, not man up. What am I talking about? Step up <laughs> and do the fucking job and take accountability, Hannah, because it's it's tedious. Yeah, it, it, and quite frankly, it's boring to watch. Boring to watch. I'm like your princess thing shtick yeah. was like amusing at first. Now I'm bored, and actually, I'm respecting and liking the people that do their job. I'm in love with Malia. Obviously, we're now best friends. That's fine. <laughs> Um, Bugsy is crazy extra, but I can respect her because she's killing at her job. Same with, you know, Sandy. But if you don't do your job, then I just, I'm going to think you're a dick. No, I mean, especially talking about Malia. Oh, sorry. Malia. She, um, we kind of saw a different side of her this week due to Rob's sensey behavior. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't blame her. I, I felt like... She had a reason to be pissed. I also felt she she was a little bit more impatient this week than most weeks, but who that could be, who knows right. what's going on. Um, but I'm sort of going off Rob a bit. I'm going off Rob and Jess a bit 
Like yeah. the whole him like telling Malia that she needed to like raise her energy, like just the whole Respect energy the chat. Energy. Oh fuck! Off. Really just fucked me job. off. Me too. Because it's like no, you just need to get off your ass and move when she asks you to move. Like that is literally your job to yeah, do what I, Malia says. We all like a sensitive guy, but like when you get precious about it. Nobody finds that sexy. You never use your sensitivity as an excuse not to do your job. No. I mean, she was she just needed everybody yeah. to move a little bit fucking quicker. And they were all fannying around like a, I've never seen anything. They were like, oh, no. I would have driven, it would have driven me mad watching him try and pull out that, that slide on that jet ski. Like, no, I don't know what stopped her from like jumping down and ripping his head off and just doing it. <laughs> Throwing like, him off the boat into yeah, the water. Like, That's <sighs> what I wanted to see. <laughs> I am done with you. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's again, though, she never misses an opportunity to be an excellent human being because even after all that, she goes back to them as a team and says, listen, I'm sorry if the communication wasn't right. That's on me. Like, and she takes that. And I am, I'm literally in awe of her because I just, I'm like, when is she going to fuck up? Because we all yeah. have to, right? Right now she's superhuman. Yeah, no, she's kicking ass. And, you know, speaking of the deck crew, I feel like this was the first episode I could really tell that Pete had been cut out a lot of it. Because literally the only time we saw him was when he was on time for Anger Watch. Oh yeah, that and was then, that oh, was it. Oh, he also... He got in the boat and like moved the slide. It was like the two times we saw Pete this episode. Yeah, and good. I think that is good. I mean, the least the less we see of Pete, the better. Um, yeah. So maybe that is it. Maybe that's him for the season. What I do think though is if he does like, I'm not convinced that if he didn't go into some sort of controversial circumstance that they wouldn't cut it out. I feel they'd still use it. I feel like that's Absolutely. what they did with him up until then. Like while the controversy was raging, they used him and then they cut him out. Um, but, you know, I guess it's a start. It's a start. Yeah, no, but I definitely, I mean, if he does end up getting fired, I hope they show that. Like, I hope they, he's just doesn't just disappear. Like, I hope we kind of understand if, if he's gotten fired from the boat, because I do feel that was where it was heading. So this episode was a little bit weird for me because it was like, oh, He's just not around anymore. Like, did he start doing better or what? Like, I still wonder what that dynamic is. Well, I think he did start doing better. Like, there was definitely a moment last week where he's like, I'm just going to be professional Pete. Like, basically, yeah. he decided that he was just going to hide all his misogynistic, sexist shit. The thought of actually changing that didn't occur to him. Thought, I'm just going to keep it to right. myself. These guys, <laughs> I'm just going to bury it deep down. I'm still going to be a dick. I'm just not going to let people see it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that's his MO right now. And so far that's serving him well. So maybe that's the way he's going to go and he'll just quietly sort of while out the rest of the season. Um, I don't know how the Bugs and Hannah thing is going to go. The guests are clearly recognizing that Bugs is better than Hannah. And I think when they say better, I think they just mean not as much of a resting bitch face all the time because that's Hannah's big problem. She just looks yeah, so fucking really miserable is. and she's so rude to everybody. Yeah, she just needs to slap a smile on her face and chill the fuck out. You can kill him with kindness and take the yeah. tip, bitch. Yeah, because speaking of tip, this tip was pretty dismal. It wasn't great. And I love like the 15, way that the charter guests gave them like a tongue lashing on the on the pontoon, you know, on the, <laughs> what's it called? The dock. The dock. And he was <laughs> like, well, you know, it just wasn't good enough. And service was kind of shit. And 
you know, the food was crap. It was like, all right, call it how you see it. Um, yeah. But we'll see. I really hope that Kiko gets good guests next week. And I hope that he shows Captain Sandy um, that she's wrong. Uh, yeah, because I feel like the end of this episode was kind of like Kiko and Jess are on their like last chance charter for this next yeah. charter coming up. So we'll see how it goes. Well, and I also don't think Hannah's safe. I think Sandy wanted more from that conversation. She didn't get it. So I think she's reassessing on this charter what Hannah's position is going to be too. Yep, I agree. So we'll see next week. Well, Reagan will see next week. Um, Eek. Then we'll move on to um, Million Dollar Listing, but not before this little message from us. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, so million dollar listing. Uh, yeah, I felt like this episode this week was a little quiet. I only took like half a page of notes. I just kind of watched it and enjoyed it, but I don't feel like it really threw up anything. No, I've got to agree. Um, I worry that this might slip into the same problems that we found with New York, that there's not that much to talk about. Um, I was hoping that the drama between Tracy and David and James would kind of give us something that maybe Frederick would stick around and provide some stuff too, but it doesn't look like that's happening. So we'll see. Let's see how it goes. I mean, I'm always here to talk about Tracy Tutor though, because my girl crush on her is, is growing by the week. She's so phenomenal. And this house in Pasadena was gorgeous. I love a mid-century modern house. And this ticked all my boxes. That was my house porn for the week. Well, it was. It was truly beautiful. And also what I loved about it is that obviously that whole thing that she had with James and David was about moving into the Pasadena area. And she didn't get the listing. And that's fine. And they did what they needed to do. But now this is how she moves into Pasadena and she sells it within two weeks and she's done. And I just think, you know what? She knows how to bide her time. She knows what battles to fight. She's a kick-ass negotiator. And by the way, when I asked on stories who they thought the best negotiator was, hands down, it was Tracy Tutor followed by Josh Flagg. I will yeah. hear, I will just mention here that Tracy Tutor did vote for herself on our Hey, um, good for which her. Is, which I'm fine with. I'm fine Absolutely. with. I just love that she's here for it and she's on TV my husband hates. That's great <laughs> to me. Um, but yeah, I just think she is every week even more impressive. And um, yeah. Well, and so is her team. Like her team sold her house for close, you know, for what she wanted. And so she's kind of unburdened with her marital house now. And it'll be exciting to see where she goes. I hope we get to see like her rental, like wherever she moves. Oh, I sure want to see will. what that looks like. I also hope that she goes and gets that Mick Jagger jacket. Hell yes. That jacket was everything. Was it $21,000 or $25,000 or something? I thought Ridic it was like 2500 No, I think it was like 
Was it 25 grand? Yeah. Huh. Because I, I remember mean, them saying the price and being and me being kind of surprised it wasn't more. Yeah, no, I think so it maybe, was definitely like 21000 Oh, okay. I thought it was 2100 because part of me was like, you can afford a $2,100 coat. I know, just right? Buy it. But, no, no, no. It was 21000 But now that she's just spent, sold her house for $21.9 million, then she can probably get a couple. Um, yeah, that jacket's hers. The other thing we saw was Josh Flagg taking, moving his business to Long Beach, which apparently is the next big thing. And I have to say the house was, uh, it was, I had really mixed feelings about this house. So in my opinion, that house is like a scrape house. Like you buy that house for the land and you build like your dream house. I thought it was a cool house to look through. I would never want to live there. Um, and it would take a lot of work to get it where it needed to be, I think, for anybody. And when you're asking $12 million, to me, that seems like a lot. Um, but I thought it was interesting to look through. And I really appreciate Josh Flagg's knowledge of yeah. architecture and house style from all different decades in yeah, California. Yeah, he's got a real passion for it. And I think, frankly, that's what saves this listing for him because he turns up 45 minutes late. And I think it is really his his deep-seated knowledge and passion for architecture and and the kind of little touches in that house that nobody else noticed that got him that listing. Because there's no way on hell that an agent would normally get a listing if they're 45 minutes late. No, no, not at all. I wouldn't have even still been there. I would have left. Yeah, you'd have been (laughs) See ya. Um, Yeah. But we'll see if he sells it. The thing that I'm starting to realize about Josh Flagg is for all his kind of elegance and old Hollywood suave chicness he's kind of really fucking chaotic right like look at his crazy office compared (laughs) to the offices of everybody else and the way that he's always late and even his party and i know he's not a big party thrower but if you just compare his party to tracy tutor's party it just felt a bit like like a kid's birthday party do you know what i mean So this is what I wonder about Josh Flagg because his family has money. So like he's old money, right? Like he is really used to all the fine things and whatever. I just don't think he gives a fuck. Like, I mean, he does give a fuck, but I don't think he's showy like that because he's always had it. Whereas if you compare like the newer real estate agents, like they've all made their, like made their own money. They didn't come from it. They've grafted, they've gotten it. So I feel like they're a little bit more showy about it. Which makes yeah. for a better party. But I feel yeah, like Josh Flagg, I mean, not, I don't think he takes it for granted. I think that's the wrong term, but like he feels he doesn't have to be showy about it because he does have it, if that makes sense. I to- and I totally get that. But if I was working that off, if I was Bobby or the, the woman, the name who's, I, I forget what her name is, but she's chief operations. She basically holds a whole fucking shit show together. Yeah. If I was either one of them working in that office, I, there is no way I wouldn't go in and tidy. Like, there is yeah. no way I wouldn't go in and tidy that office and sort that shit out. It would just be too fucking much for me. Um, so did you hear that, Josh Flagg? If you want someone to come run your shit and tidy your office, cat's available. <laughs> I am actually looking for a job, so I'm here. Willing to relocate. Um, and then finally, Josh Altman. Uh, no James and David this week, but Josh Altman really impressed. I mean, I think he's always impressed me. There are, t- there are things about him that I don't warm to, but I do like that he is a straight shooter. And I think this episode really showed why and how. 
Totally. I loved his honesty with that developer about, you know, that price is too high. It's going to sit here for ages. If you want to sell it and you want to sell it now, this is the price it needs to be. And I think that seller is going to regret not hiring Josh because I think that's exactly what's going to happen to his house. Well, and I think it just shows integrity, right? It's like, listen, I could save, I could save 15 million. I could give you the number that you want to hear, but I know it's not the right number and it's not going to work. And I think what we'll find is he'll come back around to Josh eventually when it doesn't sell. Um, yeah. But God love him and his yeah. ridiculously obnoxious office wall. <laughs> I didn't find it that obnoxious. Like I kind of understand what he's going, going. I mean, it, it was smart marketing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Smart marketing. Um, but I did think it was a little bit self-indulgent, but that's fine. I did also cry when I, when he talked about his, his dead Aww. dog, Diego. I could have said that more sensitively. Sorry. His dog that passed away, Diego. Um, I did have a little cry, but then after that, it's I sad. went yeah. back to, you know, how I feel about Josh Altman, which is, <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on to Beverly Hills and the let the drama begin. Oh my, I feel like these are the episodes we have been waiting for all season. My life. <laughs> all my life. <laughs> Our entire my- lives. And as if this wasn't exciting enough, they had Wilson Phillips on as well. Someday I mean, somebody's going to make you want to turn around. I mean, listen, if that's not the best song, one of the best songs ever written in the world, then I don't know what is. No, hands down. And say what you will about Kyle. She can fucking throw a party. She can throw a fucking party. I, 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 I don't hate Kyle. I like Kyle. I always have. Sames. I think she's just kind of the most normal out of them. I love that she loves being a mum. I love that that's her priority. Um, I know she can be a bitch, but we can all be a bitch. As we've seen. I really, I really like her. Anyway, she throws this party and yeah. Camille, I mean, Camille tries. God love her, she tries, right? You know, I give her a lot of props for, with Teddy, owning her shit and being like, you know what? I did all that. It was terrible. I'm sorry. Like that was the perfect way. And even though Teddy's not quite ready to forgive her, she even recognizes that. And she's like, you know what? You need time. I respect that. Um, Yeah. Doesn't surprise me that Denise uh, kind of forgives her because I think Denise is at a point where she's starting to realize she might need some fucking friends. Yeah. I think we're going to start seeing the Denise apology tour, which we kind of saw this episode, but her apologies are still kind of bullshit. I, I don't believe them at all. And as I much be- as I hate Camille, I believed her apology to Teddy. I did too. I, I mean, I do too. And I believed her apology. I think she wants it all done and dusted. Um, yeah. I believe nothing that comes out of Denise's mouth. Like no. literally. And we're going to talk about Brandy. We're going to save the best for last. Yeah. But I have no idea who Denise is, what she is saying, what she is thinking or doing at any time of the God-given day right now. No, it's so weird. I feel it's so scripted. Like She's PRing the shit out of this. And it's, yeah. but it's, it's bad PR. It's like, it's, it's the worst PR ever. It's like her and Aaron have just sat down and said, this is what we're going to do. And it's bad. It's bad advice. It's, it's bad strategy and it's it's only going to get worse and just 
I can't wait for this week. Oh, man. It's going to explode spectacularly. And do you know what's lovely about this week? And this was lovely for you the week before. I can fucking watch them without having to take notes this week. Oh, yeah. So I can go back to my old school life now of like watching it while I do the laundry or while I cook food and (laughs) actually really enjoy it rather than going, oh, fuck, I can't watch it now because I have to sit down and actually take some notes. Right, right. Um, But yeah, I am excited uh, to see what happens. But Denise is batshit crazy. Uh, And talking of kind of batshit crazy, let's just chat quickly before we get back to the party about Garcelle and Sutton because I feel like, I I can't get a good read on Garcelle. I felt like this meal was like kind of the weirdest meal ever. Like production came to them and is like, right, you two need to like get together and have a dinner. And it was weird. Like I actually felt like we got to see a little bit more of Sutton, like kind of a little bit of her roots and like what she knows. I appreciated like her comment about the kitchen. Um, I like Sutton. I have a lot of time for Sutton. Garcelle, I like. I just don't know how much of an addition she is to the lineup right. right now because she's a busy woman, man. She's really busy, and I'm not denying that at all. Yeah. But I feel like it's hard for us to get to know her as a cast member. It's hard for us to have any feelings or attachments to her if she's always so separate. She's not involved in any of the discussions. She's not involved in any of the drama or the goings on. You know, the bits that she does get involved in with Denise are only based on the five minutes that she happens to be in the same room with her. So I'm like, oh, babe, you weren't even there. Just like shut up and fuck off. Um, right. But I really like her and I would love her to really get involved because I do think she has the potential for drama. Like I think she likes I think, to stir some shit. I think we're going to see that come out because she is going to the trip. Like she's going on the trip. So we're going to see her in Rome which is where all the shit is, I think is going to explode. So I think that's when we're going to get a real sense of where Garcelle stands. At least I hope so. What did you think about Garcelle asking Sutton about where her money came from? I kind of appreciated it. Like, I think Garcelle made a good point. She's like, I wasn't asking how much was in there. I just wanted to to know know where it came from. I mean, who wouldn't want to, like, I think that's a real I'd to know how much is in all of their bank accounts. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how much money do they actually have? Like, that's what I want to know. Like, where do they rank within each other? Who has the most? Who is kind of hanging on by a thread? But how much money know. do you have to have to be able to, like, rock up in Beverly Hills and just fucking flash a black Amex card? That's the kind of shit I want to yeah. know. Because yeah. I, all I know is that I don't have enough. So I want to know what I'm aiming for. That's essentially where I am. Um, I I think for me, Garcelle asking that question, like, made me like her a little bit more. Like, you know what? It's an honest question. And I like that when kind of Sutton skirts around it, and I mean, essentially, she married a man who ended up doing really well, but she was with him for 17 years. Like, I don't think there's any shame about that. No. She helped her husband do whatever he did by raising their babies and doing all that stuff. So no issues with that there. But I felt like that was a real question, like not some bullshit like, oh, we're on TV and this is what we're going to talk about. Like, I appreciated kind of a level of realness there. A forthrightness. Yeah. No, I can see that. I think I just need to warm to, I just wish I could get more of Garcelle. Like, do you know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like you're right but I don't feel she's as giving in return. Like, I feel like she's expecting Sutton to kind of give the information, 
but she's not providing the same in return. And I think that's where I feel a little bit like, eh. Well, and I feel like we've always kind of felt that way about her because remember earlier in the season, she was kind of going for Kyle about like being superficial and not being like real and deep. And it's like, I think, I feel like Kyle even made the point, well, you don't do that. Yeah. Like no, you're not around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I really hope she can. Well, she's in Rome. So if that's yeah. not going to be a bonding session, then I don't know. Nothing what will. Nothing will be. Um, we also see a little snippet of Lisa and Amelia and um, her house hunting requirements. Now, I know that a lot of this is probably fueled by anxiety. Like there are some sort of anxiety things going on. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, she's not really living on, on the same planet as us, is she? <laughs> no, no, she's not. And what <laughs> I love about Lisa Rinna is she's like, look at these monsters that I have created. I know, right? Like she takes full ownership for it. And it's just like, they've never had to work. Like they've never had to do without. So she doesn't expect to. However, she is paying for the bulk of this place with her own money that she's made. So she can have all the requirements she wants. That's true. Lisa Rinna's only giving her $1,000 a month, which is, I mean, I say only, that's a lot of money. I was never given $1,000 a month. Um, No, but you know what? Like my first apartment in... 2000 when I moved like from my suburban neighborhood to downtown Houston was $400 a month. I wasn't given any money, but at the same time, a thousand's not loads when you're talking about like Beverly Hills real estate. No, not at all. But I also think she could probably afford to do it without the a thousand pounds from Lisa Renner. Like, like if it's only a thousand pounds that you're giving a thousand dollars, you're giving her, then why not just say to her, you just pay for it yourself? Like $1,000 isn't buying you much extra in... No, maybe it pays to rent a parking spot every month. Or a doorman. Or um, a doorman. But yeah, I did think it was interesting. Um, and then, of course, we get to the good shit. Oh, my dear Lord. I love the way it was set up in this in this episode. So like at the party, we see Brandy like pouring drinks and talking about being in a throuple with Denise and Aaron. And Denise is like, I don't even know what a throuple is, which is oh, total Oh, shut bullshit. up, you absolute knob, jo- knob jockey. You know exactly what a throuple is. Stop trying to yeah. do this. I am so innocent. Fuck off. And then Brandy just getting really fucking hammered, like really hammered, like Brandy hammered. She's like, you know, Brandy when she's pissed because she has these legs, these phenomenal <laughs> legs she's like fucking bambi on ice when yeah, she's pissed she's like a like, baby giraffe like learning like a, how to walk again i have never seen legs like that like she's falling <laughs> over and these legs are like it's a joy to watch like i know it's not joyful for her and I, i'm sure she's working through some shit but it was i mean i rewound it three four times i loved it i it loved was, it so much it didn't even look human you're exactly right it was like a baby giraffe learning to walk it was the funniest yeah. fucking thing i've ever seen brandy i fucking love you for that yeah um, i have you know what honestly i have always loved brandy i loved her when she was on the show i love how open she is and honest about who she is and i love um, how she's also just willing to tell you to go fuck yourself i agree very with endearing that. but i don't know how honest she's being here i do not doubt for one second the shit that Denise with Denise happened like that's a given I'm fine with all of that 
But I also suspect with Brandy that there is some damage limitation going on here because, of course, she has been so vocal throughout all the seasons that she's ever been on about her moral kind of compass regarding cheating, having been cheated on. Like that has been the one thing that Brandy has always said she will never do. She does not agree with. She thinks is 100% wrong. So do I believe Brandy when she says that she only ever did this with Denise because she thought Aaron was okay with it? I'm not 100% sure that I buy all of that. See, I, I actually fall on like, I buy that. I buy that Denise would tell Brandy that to manipulate her into getting whatever she wanted. I believe that Denise would do that. I don't believe, I don't believe that like Brandy wanted Denise enough. Like, I, I just don't, I don't feel like Brandy would be like on the prowl for Denise enough to like really be the person that she cheated on. I feel like the story Denise told Brandy is plausible. Like, I think that is a plausible story. I think if I had met Aaron and Denise and Denise was like, yeah, Aaron doesn't mind if I mess around with girls. I just can't mess around with dudes. I'd probably believe that based on the Denise we saw last season. I mean, that is one way of looking at it. And I don't disagree that that's a possibility. But I also... I also do think that there was a connection between the two of them. Like, Brandy is bisexual. I do believe there was a connection between the two of them. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think we'll find out. I think we're going to yeah. find out a lot more. And, and I think we're going to see what really happens here. And actually, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. Aaron knew or didn't know. Um, but I do think that what has become clear is that Denise is really playing people in her life like fucking puppets. Yeah. You know, with the whole story between the Brandy and Denise thing, the shit that kind of bothered me more was Denise being like, if Aaron finds out, he will kill me. Yeah. I mean, because for me, we've seen like the microaggressions in him. Like, don't talk to me like that again, or I'll crush your hand or like things like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, like, the way that he talks was more to disturbing. women in general, like, you know, yeah. like, of course, when he's mad with them, he'll talk to them like that. But when he's mad with Denise, there's no doubt in my mind that he talks to her like that too. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. There's some fear there. But also I just feel like, you know, Brandy kind of dishes the dirt on everything that Denise has been saying about the other girls as well. So she says, you know, that she hates Teddy. She thinks that she's lived in her father's shadow for so long. She's desperate to just be part of this group, that Erica's a cold-hearted bitch, um, yeah. she doesn't like Kyle or Rinna either. Um, I believe that. Oh, a hundred percent. No and doubt think, in my mind that Denise I, said all of that. I think we're starting to see the real Denise. Like this is all season. We've been like, is this just her trying to react to like this firefighting thing? Or is this the real Denise? I think this is the real Denise. Like maybe you can't be a child star and end up married to Charlie Sheen and come out of it a really reasonable, laid back, cool, down to earth human being. No, I, I believe there's no way you can come out of everything that has gone on with her and be just chill and open and forthright. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's kind of a psychopath. Yeah. And I feel like she's kind of been made that way. I mean, you know, I can't imagine 
the years living with Charlie Sheen and all the bullshit that he's pulled on her not having any effect on who you are. I think you become very guarded. I think you become more manipulative because you need control over what's going on in your life. Yeah, I'm not saying, I mean, I have no doubt that she's damaged. This is a, this is damage. But I do think that this is really dark. And I think that what Brandy, if, if everything Brandy says is true, then there is a lot to unpack. And, and I think you're right. The worry for her, her in that relationship with Aaron, either, either she's kind of making us feel that way about Aaron in some way. Or he is that way. But either way, it's a very dark situation that Denise is in. And to be honest, you know, I'm not holding any love for Denise. But I do feel a bit for her that she gets herself to Rome, trapped in this kind of situation. And then all this shit comes out. I know. Like, how timely? Is it like 18 hours before they leave for their trip? That, Brandy you know, ditches Kim brings Brandy by. <laughs> And Brandy has this like revelation to share with everybody. And also, like, by the no way, no doubt in my mind, that first dinner in Rome is going to be like, "Bitch, what the fuck did you say about us?" Well, and let's not let's not pretend that Kim Richards is not at this as well. Like, there is no way in hell Kim Richards hasn't been going. You need to tell the girls. Like, you should really tell the girls. Tell the girls. You should. Really like, you know what? Girls. I have to take her clothes over. Why don't you just come with me? <laughs> and then I'll bring you in, and then you can tell the girls. Um. I have no doubt that this is what happened. And and I don't yeah. think she's wrong to do it because I do think it is dangerous situation that Denise has put everybody in. But um, but fuck me, if this isn't the best damn tea on, on The Housewives that I have seen for a long, long time, then I The looks know. that Kyle and Teddy are just giving each other after all that shit goes down is fucking gold. Like, I mean, but even if fuck? all the drama wasn't going on, if you just found out that two girls who you didn't know were by... Like, you know, if you, it's not that you have a problem with it, but if you find out that two friends that you've known for ages and ages suddenly started shagging each other, you'd be like, like you would be a bit like, I need a minute to process this. <laughs> but then to find out that like all this other shady shit's going on at the same time. And you're about to get on a plane and go away with these people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to watch this week. I cannot. Oh, I feel like you may need wait. to just like, Text me your thoughts and opinions when you watch it. Do you think Denise Denise isn't going to stay in Rome, is she? She's going to do that first dinner and then she's going to fucking hightail it out of there. Who knows, man? Part of me wants her to just like stay and battle it all out and be like, you know what? It's fucking right. I hate all of you. Like you all have your heads up. Like I want to see, like I don't want her to run away because for me no. that would be so dissatisfying. But you know what I think's weird? And this is sort of taking a bit of a step back. But what I think is really weird is throughout this whole season and all of her crazy behavior, we've kind of assumed that it's because there's this sort of firefighting thing going on in the background. She's conscious that something's coming up. So when this party happened and Brandy was thrown into it, I expected there to be like immediate tension between them. To then see them be like all buddy-buddy and friendly, I was like, huh? Like, yeah. So if if that wasn't the reason for your craziness, what the fuck what has been the reason for your mental yeah. this season so far? Like, what has shifted to make her into this new Denise that we and and also for Aaron? Like, what has happened to the both of them that means they have transformed so majestically from normal yeah. human beings last season to crazy crazy fate folk this season? Who knows? 
Maybe, maybe we'll find out. Maybe it is just this. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, maybe that was an act. Like, them just being cool with her and whatever. Maybe Aaron doesn't know. I don't know. I want all but these But then answers. if it was an act, why not carry on the act? Like, why suddenly yeah. decide to be a dick on camera this season? I mean, it's I don't just know. baffling. But it's so No, intriguing. no. What I mean is, like, their craziness has been firefighting. But, like, just that scene with the three of them being buddy-buddy, that was an act, is what I meant. Well, that did all fit because Brandy was like, I'm kind of nervous to be here because what we find out is that she kind of ghosted her after that. And then before the party was like, well, I have secrets on you and doing all of this stuff. Yeah. So there is stuff so going dark. on. So for the cameras, they pretended, but uh, fuck me. It's, I mean, I can't even. Can't, can't even. wait for next week. Cannot we wait. We saw at least the previews from when I watched, they like, they show a preview of like Teddy telling Rinna everything. Oh yeah. You just know Teddy's going to do that though. Like I, yeah. I, I mean, Teddy is fucking boring. In fact, I saw a meme the other day that, cause you know, she had pink <laughs> hair in her interviews. Yeah. There was a meme on Instagram. That's like a picture of her with her pink hair. And it's like, you know, I'm right. She even makes pink hair boring. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's so they're not, true. They're not wrong. But she, you just know she can't wait to spill the tea and tell everybody. Interestingly, though, in, this, in that trailer, Lisa guessed. She's like, Brandy and Denise hooked up. Like, she guesses it before it's yeah. told. So this is clearly something that I think has been... It's been going around. around. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Crazy I'm shit, man. Very excited. Oh, I'm going to miss you so much next week when I can't talk to you about next week's episodes. I may just text you anyways and then... Text me. Talk I'll all give- about it. I'll give you I'll give I'll give you some voice notes if you want some voice notes. We'll do all sorts of things. I'll just play your voice notes on everything. Like, Kat, what did you think about that? <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on to New York City for the final show of this week. Um, and again, I mean, I think the housewives are really delivering right now. I was worried that they might not, but New York is just as batshit crazy. Well, they damn well better after being on hiatus for fucking ages. Like, I'm glad they're coming back strong and entertaining. But the beginning of this episode with Luann was so fucking enraging to me. I I also almost need a minute to shift gears because I've just gone from like the hilarity of Denise and Randy and all that ridiculousness to now what is actually an incredibly, for me, like super offensive insensitive inappropriate move on Luann's part and and I feel like for me it hit a little harder because we just did the minisode on the 13th documentary so that's still fairly fresh in my mind and watching first off let's just get this straight Luann was sentenced to three felony charges and spent one night in jail and It doesn't occur to her while she is stood in a room of black men and women who have been convicted of felony charges that there is a disparity in that that needs to be at the very fucking least acknowledged. Thank you. Because that's my whole thing. Like, yes, that's true. You had enough money and you got out. You spent one night in jail. But could you maybe just say, you know, because I was a drunk-ass white woman on TV, I was able to get out. I know that's not the case for everybody. And that's that's my privilege and it's appalling. 
Well, and also the whole premise of this particular section of this show where she's doing her charity work just does not have an ounce of authenticity in it for me because we know she votes Trump. We know she's Republican. And being a Republican doesn't mean you can't do charity work, like just to be clear. But I do feel that if you are a specific Trump supporter, you cannot stand up and say that you want to help and you want to change the system and it's wrong and then go to the ballot box and vote for, for Trump. You, I don't think those two things are compatible because if no. you vote for Trump, you are voting to keep black people in prison. And that that's essentially, you know, and I'm not just, to be fair, I'm not just, that hasn't just been Trump. Like, you know, yeah. we've seen other presidents do the same thing. But it just felt, the whole thing felt icky. And then for her to stand up and say, I know what it feels like to have shackles on my ankles. I mean, I understand what she was trying to convey, but to use that language and to pick that particular imagery and to not be aware of what that's perhaps triggering is so astoundingly offensive. And narcissistic. Like, it's all about her. The only reason she's there is for her, right? She has the cameras there showing her doing all this lovely outreach and all this bullshit. And it's just like, it just made me fucking pissed off. It made me hate her. And it's one thing. It's white privilege is one thing. Like, it's it's awful. But a narcissistic white privileged woman, woman is very fucking dangerous. And what she did and said and how she conveyed everything was so wrong and you know let's not forget that she did blackface two seasons ago yeah like this is not a woman who who isn't without form she has form for racism um and it just that whole section of this show really angered me yeah, I think it would be in, it would be interesting. I didn't watch the watch what happens live after that and I almost wonder if like Andy, I feel like Andy would have something to say about that. Like that's yeah. what I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Let's I felt watch it was it so we'll weird. It was weird I feel for it to be included in like the times and the chats and everything that Bravo is kind of under right now. It was just it was fucking weird. It was weird to watch. It was so uncomfortable. It it made me really tone deaf. It was tone deaf. And I'm, I'm with you. It felt like they've had time to edit this shit. Like, yeah, you know, I I felt I'm glad whether they included it because they felt it should have been included to highlight just what a fucking idiot she is. Fine. Um, but the whole thing felt really uncomfortable and, I'd be interested, like you say, to see if it was followed up. Um, I could have done some research. I didn't. I'll um, do some. We'll I'll have do a look, some though. for next week. But man, I mean, I didn't like Luann to start with, but it's just, I don't know if she can come back from this at all for me now. Well, and part of me is kind of like, donate your money and go and listen. I would have had more respect if she didn't stand up and like tell her yes. bullshit story. Like just sit there and listen, give them money. Like, 
I brought up like having an issue about her just taking them to a spa day. Part of me can kind of understand that, like healing and feeling like a human being, and that could be something nice. But why? But I feel like it's about her. Yeah, it's always like, about you her. want to be seen taking all these people on a spa day. Just fucking give them your money and be on your way. Like, yeah, you, and also this is not your place. What? Like she was? She had charged with three felonies, spent one night in prison. One of those felonies was assaulting a police officer. Now imagine if you are a black person sat in that yeah. room and you hear that she gets one night in jail for assaulting a police officer and you know that you wouldn't be able to assault a police officer because they would have fucking shot you before you got there. Absolutely. Like that for me is just one of those things where I just think, how dare, like how fucking dare you stand up yeah. and think that they have to listen to your story. Like granted she was asked to stand up, but- Fuck me. You you know when you should shut up. And she just didn't know. And the whole thing was just awful. Yeah. Well, and let's also just take a moment to note that Sonia was there as her support once again. And this was all after the mess of the Berkshires, like where Luann was disgusting to her. And like, I just want yeah. Sonia to leave. Like, don't support her anymore. She doesn't give a fuck. No, she doesn't. She's a give gross a fuck. human being. She doesn't give a fuck. Anyway, let's let's move on. I feel like we've said our piece. I feel like yeah. I don't want to give Luann that much more airspace. So no. let's move she on said plenty. to um, Ramona, another Trump supporter, but that's fine. Avery <laughs> and Mario having their birthday dinner together. Which I think is nice that as divorced parent, like as divorced parents of an only child, that's a really nice thing to still be able to get together. But how fucking awkward was it when Ramona was like, I love you to Mario. Oh, that's sweet. And he was just like, uh, no. And then she was like, the nice thing is to say, I love you too. And he's like, okay. It was so fucking, but also Ramona banging on about how nobody can really understand her relationship with Mario as if she's the only, as if they're the only people to ever fucking co-parent. In 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 existence in the world, and she's, and she's you know blazing this remarkable trail. Like as you say, props to any couple that can get divorced and bring it together and make it yeah. nice for the kids and have a family. Fine, but babe, you want like this is nothing new. You are only doing really what is expected of you as a parent. Leah did this like four episodes ago. We saw Leah yes. doing the exact same thing for her daughter. It's just Literally, what you do. A gazillion people do it every day, babe. This is not something that you have invented. No, you're not special. No. And also, am I right in thinking that she would totally, totally shag Mario if he gave her the go-ahead? Absolutely. Especially after, like, telling the story about, like, Avery's delivery at this restaurant with this guy here. I was like, Ramona, you are not over him. We all fucking know it. Like, this dinner's awkward for me to watch. (laughs) Didn't they quarantine together? I think they did, didn't they? I think they did, because he lives in Florida, and I think she was down there with him. Oh, I mean, I, I'm gonna I be always judging liked Mario. Pants on that. It's Do just it. weird. It's weird. It's weird. But I always liked Mario, and I really hope he doesn't fall back into the clutches of Ramona. Like I can appreciate Ramona for what and who she is, for what she is. But yeah, but Mario, I think deserves better. He was always kind. I mean, I know he cheated on her. He was kind of an asshole, and that is not great. But that aside, he was always fairly normal, and she was 
It was weird. Anyway. I think Mario is living his best life in Florida, golfing and probably dating women who are way too young to be dating him. And he's having the time of his life. I don't think we see a Ramona reconciliation anytime in the future. (laughs) God hope not. I think I feel like I would fly over and be like, dude, this is not the right thing to do. (laughs) I have been with you through this from the beginning. Right. When we finally get to have our holiday in Key West, we will go and find him and be like, you better not do this. We're going to be busy in Key West because we have to go down to like Fort Lauderdale. We have to go find all the below decks people. And oh, yeah. We'll have to find Mario. There's a lot to do. Well, you do. know, I'm actually, if we had done our trip, I would have flown into Fort Lauderdale because it's only a 30, it's only like a 30 minute drive yeah, away from Miami. Yeah, I was going to pick you up from Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those were the days. Those were the days. Fuck you, COVID. Um... Quick chat about Leah and her sister. By the way, her sister is so like mesmerizingly beautiful. Oh yeah. I think they're both gorgeous. They both are, but they have their parents. I'm so jealous of the hair. Why do they all have this wonderful, gorgeous hair? I don't have hair like that. No, I I never will. It just grows out rather than down. Yeah, me too. Mine's just shit. Anyway. But yes, they go to that Russian spa again, that spa 88, which is Um, amazing. Now I found this conversation really odd. Um, I think it's great that Leah felt like she wanted to kind of mend her relationship with her mom. Now, did I mishear this? Or did Leah's sister say that her mom told her that she doesn't like her children? She said she didn't like Leah. Mom doesn't like Leah. She calls her fake in the face and she feels sorry for Kier that Leah is her mom. Right. So I really have a fucking problem with this. Like, I I don't think any mother should talk about their kids like that at all, let alone talk to another kid about another kid. No! No, you don't do that! And I have to say, like, for all Ramona's, you need to make it right with your mom, there are some moms that you just can't make it right with. And if your mom is saying stuff like that about you to your sister, that's wrong. I mean, I love that Sarah told her and was like, dude, I had this chat with mom. So before you apologize to her, you need to hear what she actually said. And like, you tell her I told you because it was fucking ridiculous. Like, Bunny made a major wrong there. You don't do that. I think Bunny's batshit crazy. And we do find out uh, coming up that Leah is also has bipolar disorder too, which I've done some reading on because it's in the trailer that Ramona kind of says, I found out she's got bipolar disorder as if it's any of Ramona's business, but of course everything's Ramona's business. Nosy bitch. Um, But I think if you are somebody who's vulnerable with your mental health, you have to be really careful about the people that you let in, even if it's your fucking mother. Sometimes just because it's your mom doesn't mean that relationship is salvageable. And this seems really toxic. I mean, even if you think that about your kids and whatever, fine. You can think it. That's your own prerogative. You never fucking tell a sibling, your other kid, that that's how you feel about the other one. It's just, it's so wrong. And it's such a breach of like mother-child trust and connection. It's it's so gross. I have no, I have no... It, it, it does not surprise me that Leah struggles with this relationship so much. And I feel like there comes a point where you just have to go, you know what, enough is enough. And even if yeah. it's my mom, this is not good for either of us. So we need to move. She's got her sister, like she's got support. She's got her gorgeous, I forget, Rob, 
the father mm-hmm. of Kia, sometimes you just need to know when to walk away. And I feel like this is not a good relationship for her. And for me, I felt it really crossed the line when she brought Kier into it. Like, you can say, like, I don't really like the stuff she's done to her face. I think that's fine. But, like, the minute you cross over and, like, disparage one of your children as a parent being worried about their kid, like, your grandkid, I think that's wrong. Well, and you can say that you don't like the shit they do. You can say you don't like the decisions that they make. But to say that you don't like them as a human being is, again, like you say, it's your prerogative. But you've got to expect that that's where that relationship ends. Because like you say, it's such a breach of that trust, of that unconditional love that should be there. You can't come back from that shit. I'd be pissed. No, I mean, I could never imagine saying something like that to my youngest about my oldest. Like, ever. No. No. Not, it's I, just, just your job breaks, as a parent. It breaks my heart. And I think it hurts as well because you see her. She's a mom. She's in her 40s, maybe nearly. I don't really know how old she is. Um, and you can still see that kid in her that, like, gets punched in the gut when that information comes to her. And you just yeah. think, that's not. It's not okay. It is not, it's not okay. not on. Um, and then we go to Ramona's party, which I've said it before. I'll say it again. She is perfectly within her rights to throw herself a birthday party. She does not have to share it. Everybody needs to get the fuck over this. Yeah, a hundred percent. And if she wants to say that she has 50 best friends, fucking fine. Let her live in that world. It doesn't matter. Um, so they all turn up. They're all bitching about Ramona, some way, shape, or form. Which, I get it. Like, Ramona's a pain in everybody's ass. But it is her birthday. And it is her party. And you have said you're going to go. So don't go and be a dick. It's kind of my view on it. Like, do you buy their, oh, I didn't see that there was a dress code. Like, I didn't see that you had to wear black. I think that's all bullshit. I think think they just wanted to wear what they wanted to wear. 100% bullshit. Because they knew, Dorinda and Leah had the conversation. They knew it was black. Everybody knew it was black. Luann just, no rules apply to Luann because she's just a narcissist. And Sonia's just so fucking off the reservation right now that, and she hates Ramona right now because Ramona apparently is calling these people friends. um, (laughs) That she just turns up looking fabulous. And, And to give Ramona credit, she goes, no, I'm glad you're wearing this. You should shine too. Yeah. But but Great. still Sonia has ants in her pants about this party and it just descends into chaos. Yeah. Um what are your feelings though on um on the whole end finale? What are your feelings on what Leah and Elise and Luann are kind of doing and Ramona's reaction? I think they were all just having a good time in a room full of women. I mean, I think this is what was interesting to me. So like Ramona pointed out that Leah's dress was super revealing, but it was totally fine because it's just a big group of women and we're all just here to have a good time. And like, there's no dudes. So it's all fine. Like she's happy with that. Right. She thinks she looks great. (laughs) The minute they just start dancing and having fun, she freaks the fuck out. And I think we have different opinions about this. I think that Ramona was embarrassed around her 50s society friends and she thought it looked bad on her, which is why she wanted that shit shut down immediately to the point that she's talking to production and she wants them out. And like, we've never seen that from her before. 
I no, think this she is went the, completely overboard. This is the first time in 12 seasons that Ramona's broken that fourth wall. Now, while I I actually don't disagree with you, I do think that's definitely at play here. I do think she is embarrassed and she doesn't want her society friends to see this kind of behavior. I'm sure they all watch the show. I'm sure they're not shocked, but that aside. Um, but I also, just to play devil's avocado, do feel a bit like there is a maternal instinct in Ramona for Leah. And whether that's slightly twisted is a different conversation. But I do think that <laughs> that's, that's a reality for Ramona. She has sort of taken her in as a kind of daughter figure. Um, and I do think there's an element of that that is saving Leah from herself. Like, not that Leah's embarrassed by what she's doing, but I think Ramona thinks she should be and therefore she wants to protect her from it. So I think there is an element of protection. But I also think that shame and embarrassment in front of her very fancy pants society friends plays into that too. I do think it's really surprising that Ramona breaks that fourth wall. I I was expecting it to be over something bigger. I think that's where I was at. You took the words out of my mouth. That's it. When it, when I realized it was just that I thought, I honestly thought Leah's vagina was showing. Like I thought she was dancing and her vagina was out. Like that's what I thought we were going to be seeing. Like we were just going to see this like blurred area and no dress. Pixelated vagina. That's what I thought we were going to see. I mean, fair enough at that point. Yes. With wings at that point. (laughs) Let's maybe stop the cameras rolling like her vagina is out. Yeah. Maybe. But I didn't think it was just a bit of dirty grinding amongst friends. I don't even feel like we saw full drunk Leah. I don't even think Leah was hammered. Like, I think they were just dancing, having a good time. Like, I think we've seen Leah do way more outrageous stuff, being way drunker this season than she was at that moment at that party. Yeah, 100%. I actually was way more disturbed watching Sonia on the table stamping on that mirror. Like that was the moment at which I went, okay, now shit's out of hand. I totally agree with you on that point because I was like, there's something going on with Sonia. She is breaking the glass in the mirror. Like she is pissed. I thought that was going to be who she was yelling at. I I was surprised that nobody was like, really? I mean, I'm (laughs) sure they're like, should I'm someone like, take care of Sonia? She may get cut. <laughs> right. She's like on a table, on a mirror <laughs> with three liters of tequila inside her, stamping on a load of broken glass. Surely there's some sort of health and safety violation. Right? <laughs> like, should someone Where step are the in? guys in the high vis with their yeah. clipboards? We you don't know. have them in America. <laughs> we just let people hurt themselves and then they sue so people. So they can sue people, yes. <laughs> of course. I forgot. That's how it rolls. Um, <laughs> But I do think there's something wrong with Sonia. I think Sonia needs some serious help. And I think, I don't understand why these crazy bitches hold on to these enormous houses that seem to break their souls in two. Like Dorinda nearly died under the weight of Bluestone Manor. This fucking townhouse has been the albatross around Sonia Morgan's neck for fucking years. Is she just not selling it because it's a Morgan piece of history? I think so. For me, I'm like, bitch, you need to sell that shit. Get all the money you can from it and move the fuck on. A hundred percent. Take your money out of there. Sell it. Let somebody else spend money on it. Just move on. Yeah. You'd be so it's much better for it. $50,000 a month. 
It's insane. It's insane. It's fucking bad. It's mental. And now she's dancing on tables and stamping on mirrors and the poor girl needs some help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens to her. But um, yeah, I mean, it felt like there was a lot of emotional shit going on with the housewives this this week. There was a lot. And of course, um, their trip announcement was that they're going to go back to Mexico. They're going to go to Cancun. So I'm sure that's all going to be lovely and fine for everybody. Just yeah. a nice little getaway. Everybody will, you know, relax. Totally. I'm sure nothing, I'm sure nothing will go wrong. Luan always behaves really well on trips away. So, well, and I Dur- do. And Dorinda does too. So it'd be yeah. great. I found it really funny that Luan was like, oh, Cancun? I fell into a bush the last time I was there. <laughs> Which was actually fucking comedy gold. <laughs> it really was. It's one of my favorite reality TV moments. Um, anyway, that is us for this week. So thank you once again for taking the time to listen um if you can take an extra minute to just rate and review um you've heard our patreon adverts we won't bang on about that but that would be great too we did get another patreon donor this week which we is exciting. did we did uh thank you to terry for supporting us and everything um on patreon so well now because that. of terry because she went in full flow so now we've got to we're doing weekly content for her oh yeah yikes <laughs> We got to get on y- that. Yikes. Um, <laughs> so but more of you sign up. We're doing it anyway. So the content will be yeah. there. You'll really enjoy it. We do lots of good stuff. And I think we've got some good stuff lined up. So it's going to be worth it. But um, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's us for this week. So we will. Well, Reagan, we'll see you next yes. week. I'll be solo. So if you want to send me anything of what you're thinking about of the shows next week, I'll include it because I will be on my Lonio. So please listen, give me some support, send me messages. I'll include them all in. Um, <laughs> She's like, again, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. If catch your favorite and you just don't even want to fucking listen next week, be <laughs> warned. Be silly. It'll just be me. <laughs> don't be silly. It will be amazing. I have absolute faith in you. Um, But yeah, that's it for this week. So thank you very much. And remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims. (laughs) 